OPEC is every country that produces oil. Uh, that's not any of the countries previously stated. Man, what a fucking weird way to say that. Hello and welcome to the first episode of the Whatever We Want It To Be podcast. I am your host, Corey Kling, and a sincere thank you for joining me today as we release and hopefully enjoy the first episode of this podcast. Uh, This is a curiosity-based podcast, just so everybody is aware of that. This is not any sort of gotcha uh, you're, you're wrong because of this. And I found this It's not that at all. I'm literally just curious about things. And I like to look things up. I like to look it up and understand processes and understand why things are the way they are. And I just feel like that's a good way to deal with changes that come with them, especially changes that affect everybody like gas prices, which just seem to not give a shit about us. You know what I mean? Like I know it's a thing, but Jesus, man, it's getting crazy. Okay. You know, like, I don't know, ups and downs, man, ups and downs. Like, we find ourselves here again under the complete control of a market that we don't really seem to have a lot of control in or necessarily understand. We bask in the sunshiny days of low gas prices while suffer through the times of having to calculate how much you actually have to drive until next payday. We ride the ebbs and flows, the complete roller coaster of gas prices while never really questioning why. Why do these prices rise and fall so rapidly, leaving us to quickly adjust our budgets and cut corners in other areas of our lives? This episode, we will dive into the four major factors that affect gas prices, but they're not deep dives. Like we're not, I'm not breaking down complete steps of gas price of the gas price market. You know what I mean? Like we're going to cover the, the, the main causes I'm, like we'll we'll go into it a little bit, but I'm not doing a seven hour lecture on gas price. This is already one of the most boring things I've ever had to research. But I was interested. You know what I mean? It's like a thing that I was interested in, but it's boring to read about. It's fucking gas prices, you know. But that's okay. You know what I mean? It's a curiosity based show. We're, the, like I said, we're not we're not trying to got got you anybody for any, like the, the your life will not change in in any way from my podcast, you know, from our podcast, excuse me for now. It's mine because I'm talking by myself into a microphone and it's not even released yet. So it's literally, I'm just alone in a house speaking, which is fine. As soon as I see at least like one listener, then I will feel a lot more relaxed, but yeah, we're just trying to understand, man. That's it. We're just trying to understand because in my experience, like learning a process is a good way to just deal with it. You know what I mean? Or change it if you have that power to change something that you think is wrong. And as we continue with the podcast, like it's going to evolve. It's going to become something that we all want it to be. And we can do like literally anything. You follow WWWITB podcast on Instagram. Uh, I will eventually probably have other social media linked to it. But for now, I don't want to overwhelm myself. Instagram, WWWITB podcast. And as you kind of get a feel of the vibe that, uh, we're trying to go for. It's just like a chill, like a good atmosphere to just relax in. You had a long week. You just sit back, relax. You learn something that's interesting, but mostly pointless. All right. Mostly po- like gas prices does affect everybody. So it's probably one of the more like important, I guess you could say 
episodes that we do. The next couple episodes are like literally just just for fun to listen to. Uh, but they are they are very interesting to me, and I'll announce the first episode at the end of this episode. But for now, as we figure out what the show is going to become, let's just enjoy the journey, and we'll think about the destination later. You know, I'm a big the journey is the best part of the the trap. Was it what is it? The journey. The journey is more part of the trap. Wait, what? Journey is half the fun. Man, what is that? Let me look that up. I'm going to look that up real quick because that is bothering me already. Yeah, journey is half the fun. Journey is happiness, not the destination. Eh, either way. I like the journey as much as I like the destination. But for now, we don't give a shit about the destination and we'll we'll worry about it later. Speaking of the journey, let's finally get this started. All right, so there are four... Uh, major causes for gas price fluctuation. And the first is the cost of crude oil. So this market, the gas price market, is affected by another market, the crude oil market. So crude oil is the largest component that affects gas prices. uh, Or excuse me, the cost of crude oil is the largest component that affects gas prices. Uh, Crude oil is a naturally occurring fossil fuel that is refined into usable products such as gasoline, diesel, and other petrochemicals. Uh, For the cost of crude oil, there are seven key factors that affect the cost of crude oil, which then affect, obviously, the cost of gas prices. So we'll run through these uh, pretty quick. So obviously, it's a market supply-demand. They need to supply the uh, crude oil to the gas market to then get gas. Yeah. So, all right, so supply. We have OPEC and non-OPEC. OPEC is the Organization of the Petroleum Exporting Countries. And then non-OPEC is non the Organization of Petroleum Exporting Countries. Obviously, so supply. So the uh, OPEC itself, uh, the member countries are Algeria, Angola, Congo, Equatorial Guinea, Gabon, or Gabon. I'm going to look into that because I've never even heard of that country. Iran, Iraq, Kuwait, Libya, Nigeria, Saudi Arabia, the UAE, and Venezuela. All right, so uh, non-OPEC is roughly, so it makes up roughly 60% of the world's oil production. And the key centers for non-OPEC is North America, regions of the former Soviet Union, and the North Sea. So supply is split up between the two. Uh, The next key factor for the cost of crude oil is balanced, just like any market that uh, you need to have a balance of the product that you are selling. So they have the balance, and then they also will have a uh, reserve. So if anything happens to the market, shipping, uh, just any issues that would affect them having it on hand, they do have a backstock that they can send out uh, and keep keep the world moving at a more expensive rate, apparently. So balance, yeah, spot prices, uh, any market, you have spot prices, what is just what the uh, the price is currently at on the market. And if you, so the links, uh, we're going over the cost of crude oil is the energy and financial markets link, just so you know. If you are uh, curious, all the links are provided. And uh, yeah, if you want to go more in depth than what I talk about, then obviously follow the links and you can uh, look at all. And feel free if you do start looking more in depth, because I'm not going super in depth. If you start going more in depth and there's some info that you think is good, I mean, hit me up on the the 
the podcast or the email, whatever we want it to be podcast, all spelled out at gmail.com, whatever we want it to be podcast. It's easy. It's the name of the show, but yeah, feel free. Hit me up. Let me know. I'm all about learning. Like I'll never, ever purposefully tell anybody something wrong, especially if I'm doing a podcast with my name on it. You know what I mean? So I I do want to be right, but if I do make a mistake or there's a way that I could have went around a, a better angle, you feel, let me know. Like I'm not, it's cool, man. It's cool. People, everyone involved, you know what I mean? It's fine. I don't mind being wrong because when you're wrong, then you can just learn and then not be wrong in that category ever again. And if you just live your life trying not to be wrong and actually learning to understand things, I don't know, it's a lot more peaceful than just being wrong and arguing all the time, in my opinion. So I prefer to 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 know if I'm doing something or if I could be doing something better, not if I'm, you know what I mean? Cool. Spot prices. All right. Yeah. Whatever the market's at, that is the spot price that its own ups and downs. Uh, if you go to that, that link that I just talked about, you see a graph with all the ups and downs, the two thousands to 2022 with crude oil prices, it breaks it all down to you. So then you have the financial market this is another key factor for crude oil. And I mean, that's basically just like any financial market, uh, So market participants not only buy and sell physical quantities of oil, but also trade contracts for the future delivery of oil and other energy derivatives. Uh, One of the roles of future markets is price discovery, and as such, these markets play a role in influencing oil prices. So that's financial markets. All right, so we started with supply, and we end with demand. So... uh, Similar to supply, broken down OPEC and non-OPEC. Uh, this is a different acronym, OECD, and this is the demand part. The OECD, the Organization of Economic Cooperation and Development. So if you are, uh, you know, either way, at some point, if you just have the time, go, go to the IG page and click this link to the OECD. Uh, it'll be labeled. Because this website is hilariously not specific (laughs) with what they do. So I'm I'm just, I'm not going to read the entire, the entirety of the the homepage, but I mean, it's put together nice and all that stuff, but check it out. So if we weren't talking about gas prices or, or crude oil prices or anything, and I was just like, Hey, do you know what the OECD is? And you were like, no, let me look it up. I, the fact that the homepage tells you nothing about the way they do is one of my favorite things. So I'm just going to read through and then see if you can, while following along, figure out what it is they actually do. And to be fair, thought I'd give you a second just in case, uh, but to be fair, they do have other links. So as they uh, discuss kind of what they do, they have links that share, they do that does share a little bit more detail about what they do, but just, all right, check it out. OECD, better policy, for better lives. Together, we create better policy for better lives. Who we are. The Organization of Economic Cooperation and Development is an international organization that works to build better policy for better lives. Our goal is to shape policies that foster prosperity, equality, opportunity, and well-being for all. We draw on 60 years of experience and insights to better prepare the world of tomorrow. For what? Now, they do have links that you can click on better lives and 60 years of experience, and it does kind of break down a little more what they're talking about. However, it continues. Like, it's still the homepage, right? Like, you go to 
any other sort of agency and usually on the homepage, it's like, this is what we do and this is why we do it. And it lets you know off the bat and then you can kind of navigate. This is still just like, what are you talking about? So together with governments, policymakers and citizens, we work on establishing evidence-based international standards and finding solutions to a range of social, economic and environmental challenges from improving economic performance and creating jobs to fostering strong communication I'm sorry, to fostering strong education and fighting international tax evasion, we provide a unique forum and knowledge hub for data and analysis, exchange of experiences, best practice sharing, and advice on public policies and international standard setting. But how? Right? So I'm a stand-up comedian and now a podcast host. So if I had a website that just said coreycling.com and it was just like multiple years of entertainment you'd be like entertainment and what and it'd be like he's been here for entertainment you'd be like in what it'd be like 13 years of experience in what in what are you talking about that's like how i feel it's like when you get your uh so in the air force we had eprs oprs it's like your progress report right for what you did over the year and i know like like a lot of jobs have those but it's like the the complete fluff of not really saying what you did but making it sound great right like uh like this person closed circuit and allowed illumination for 47 people during training. And it's like, nah, dude, you fucking turn the light switch on. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's not, I don't know. It just seems, it's, and I was high the first time or the second time I looked at this website. I didn't really look at it hard the first time. I was just kind of gathering links and I was taking a break and yeah, smokes a little bit and then came back to this website and sat, just sat here for 40 minutes, real confused. Uh, forgot what I was doing and was just trying to read this. Here we go. Okay. Global research. All right. There's the OECD global research on the homepage. The OECD is at the heart of international cooperation. Our member countries work with other countries, organizations, and stakeholders worldwide to address the pressing policy challenges of our time. You know, like policies and what, man? And what are you talking about? Either way. So the countries, the OECD, it's a, it's a list and it's on the home. Like here's all the countries, but it's, it's a lot. I'm not, I'm not reading. It'd be another hour of me just reading countries, but it goes A to Z. It's broken down into six letter groups. Uh, so it's a lot. You're breaking down a 26 letter alphabet letter alphabet with this many countries. So it's a lot, but feel free to take a gander. I accidentally clicked on one. All right, I think, <laughs> I think that's good for the, the homepage. But back to the actual OECD. So uh, the OECD consists of the United States, much of Europe, and other advanced countries. At 53% of world oil consumption in 2010, these larger these large economies consume more oil than the non-OECD countries, but have much lower oil consumption growth. So oil consumption in the OECD countries actually declined in the decade between 2000 and 2010, whereas non-OECD consumption rose 40% during the same time period. Uh, so oil consumption in developing countries that are not part of the OECD has risen sharply in recent years, while oil consumption in the OECD countries declined between the same years 2000 and 2010. Non-OECD oil consumption increased more than 40%. Uh, China, India, and Saudi Arabia had the largest growth in oil consumption among the countries um, <clears throat> among the countries in the non-OECD during this period. 
So supply is the OPEC, non-OPEC, uh, any country that produces oil as part of the supply system fits into those categories. Same OECD, non-OECD still fall into the demand category. Whew. All right. So that's it for the cost of crude oil. Uh, yeah. Number two. On the list of things that affect gas, or the four major things that affect gas gas uh, prices, refining costs and profits. And, and I will say real quick that the crude oil is the most in depth, had the most steps. The rest are pretty pretty easy to get through. But here we go: refining costs and profits. Refining costs and profits may vary. Excuse me. Refining costs and profits vary seasonally and by region in the United States partly because of the different gasoline formulations required to reduce air pollution in different parts of the country. The characteristics of the gasoline produced depend on the type of crude oil that is used and the type of processing technology available at the refinery where it is produced. Gasoline prices are also affected by the cost of other ingredients that may be blended into the gasoline, including fuel ethanol. Gasoline demand usually increases in the summer, which generally results in higher prices. So that's refining costs and profits, the stuff they have to put into whatever they have, the concoction to create the gas, which, I mean, makes sense. Three, the third major factor is distribution and marketing costs and profits. So the cost of doing business by individual gasoline retailers can vary to greatly depending on where a gasoline fueling station is located. Now, this is something that I was actually super curious about is like why you'll have a 7-Eleven on one corner, that's like, say, I know this isn't accurate for nowadays, but say it's $2.50 or $2.50 $2 a gallon at this one corner. Then across the street, you have an Exxon that's like $2.60. And then down the street, another 7 Eleven that's like $1.95 or back when the good old days, whatever the, you know what I mean, though. Like, how are they, like, why are those prices so different? So uh, part of the costs, these costs include wages and salaries, benefits, equipment, lease or rent payments, insurance, overhead, and state and local fees. Even retail stations close to each other can have different traffic patterns, rent, and sources of supply that affect their prices. The number and location of local competitors can also affect their prices. So, I mean, that does make sense. It's just nothing I ever thought about before. If you have a gas station that's like right off the exit of a highway, you know what I mean? They're going to have, that's a, or so you leave a highway and then you just veer right with traffic. And then there's six gas stations, those gas stations, that's like a prime location. But if you have one that's three miles away from that same exit, they might have to charge more to try to make more to keep their business going. So that actually does make sense to me. Another thing I was also curious about was do gas station owners, uh, create, or I'm sorry, not create, but make their own price. Like, I wasn't sure. It does make sense if you're in charge of a business and you buy something, say, wholesale, then you kind of decide how, how much you want to charge for it for your profit. You know, so it does make sense. So I have two, two little, little stories of uh, two different gas station owners. One is a hero and one is just like an asshole. Yeah, just an asshole. So here, let's go hero first. Let's start positive. So anybody in? And I am aware I'm saying so what. Uh, anybody in Arizona, especially Phoenix, this guy, who I'm not going to disrespect by trying to pronounce his first name. I'm just going to call him Jazz Singh. Uh, his first name is J-A-S-W-I-E-N-D-R-E. I try to Google. I take people's names pretty serious. I don't ever, like I try, 
before anybody gets a nickname, especially when I was in the Air Force, I try to learn how to pronounce their name or enunciate their name correctly. I just think it's a respectful thing when somebody has a difficult or difficult name. Try to say it right, and then if they're cool with it, then they get a nickname, especially anybody that has uh, like more than 10 letters in the military. And if you guys don't know this, a little fun fact, anybody that has just a name that's hard to pronounce or just a lot of letters, they'll get like a their, their first initial of their last name and then however many letters. So I used to work with... Uh, uh, T11, who I haven't seen in 20 years. But if you listen to this and you just heard your name, hey, dude. <laughs> uh, but it's just like a common practice. It's just easier to say people's names. Uh, I also worked with a guy named K9. And one day at work, I, I counted the letters and I was like, dude, you have 11 letters. Why do they call you K9? And that is a story that I'll try to actually track that man down and see if he could tell on the podcast one day if we do like a military stories episodes or anything. Because that story is great and has nothing to do with the letters in his name. So, K9, if you hear this, man, hit me up. So, either way, I digress. The gas station at the corner of 20th Street and Osborne in Phoenix, Arizona. All right, 20th Street and Osborne, Phoenix, go out there. And there should be some people in Arizona listening pretty quick. I did, I was, I started stand up comedy in Phoenix, Arizona from 2009 to 2014, and I still go back every year, try to do some shows and see people, so at least one of y'all better be listening. Either way, go support this guy. The gas station owner, Jazz Singh, says he is selling it 10 cents less a gallon than what he bought it for, which does answer, yes, they do make their own prices. And this is from 8 March 2022, so it's not long ago. So this, this, this guy is still a hero for the year of 2022 and beyond. Here's a quote from Mr. Singh. Now's not time to now's not the time to make money. We have a lot of opportunity to make money. Right now it's time to help people. That's it. That's our goal. This man was selling 10 cents less a gallon than what he bought it for. So if you go and I don't I this was from March, so I'm not sure what's happening over there now. But you figure if you go get 10 gallons and he's losing 10 cents a gallon. You know what I mean? And then 50 cars come that's like a that's a lot that he is potentially losing you know what i mean so good good for him for trying to help people it says there's nobody regulating gas station owners they get prices from the supplier and then decide how much of a profit they want to make off each gallon of gas you know so good for him thank you mr sang for being a local hero in phoenix arizona now this asshole in charlotte north carolina charlotte north carolina is a beautiful city I actually just did a show there a couple months ago so this is from the attorney general and a gas station owner in Charlotte. And this is from August of two, August 27th, 2021. This was updated. So this lawsuit alleges Queens market raised its price of regular to 319 per gallon, which was a 19% increase. And just so you guys are aware, this is from uh, the, the pipeline shutdown. So that's what this story is from. You got, you, you, you remember pipeline shutdown. Uh, everybody was real calm. Everybody was just discussing uh, very respectfully what they thought, and nobody was arguing about dumb things that they have no control over. You know, it was a good time. It was a good time for society. Either way, the store is also accused of raising its price for mid-grade and premium to $9.99 a gallon, even though they had no actual fuel cost increases, which is a dick move. All right, that is a dick move. Like, you just know. I don't know. It's just messed up, man. You know, like, you know, people are going to be freaking out because of that pipeline shutdown because nobody can just get what they need. Everybody has to, it, 
and I know a lot of it was exaggerated. I doubt that many people were trying to put gasoline in Ziploc bags and shit. But you know, like you can set, you know, people freak out, man. Like people buy bread, your bread, you bought nine loaves of bread. That shit is going to be expired before you, either way. I'm not getting on that rant. So quote, <laughs> sorry, it's just so weird to me, man. It's just so weird. If like when shit like this happens, just go get what you need. Let everybody get what they need and then we'll figure it out and then we'll help each other. You know, like there should be a plan. There should be, we should have plans in place. Cause if like some shit went down, right? Like no shit. We just don't get fuel ever again or all the food. Like, I mean, like some of the grocery stores by my house are like lacking on some shit. I've never seen lacked on, you know what I mean? But it's like every movie is based on the fact of this happened. We know society is going to lose their mind and break into factions and kill each other. Like it's, we need to have a plan in place. Like everybody chill. You know what I mean? Like chill. We got this. Just go get the gas you need and then we'll figure it out. Go get the food you need and we'll figure it out. Stop freaking out. Stop freaking out. It's going to be fine. Everything's going to be fine. We just need to work together. And I know there's a weird rant to go on when talking about gas prices, but it's like so frustrating when the small, like, oh, a hurricane might come. And then it's, fuck me. I don't know. I'm done. I'm done with the rant. It's just so annoying. Just go get your shit, man. Go get your shit and go home. Chill. You're going to be fine. We're going to be fine if we work together. If not, then cool. Let's just argue about dumb shit for the rest of our lives. Either way. I don't even know if I've read if I'm just going to restart <laughs> as I have to pause to let my dog in stand by one sec. Yeah. So the quote, <laughs> as we go back, the quotes from the Turkey general, Josh Stein, this gas station wildly overpriced their gas prices to take advantage of the pipeline shutdown and people's desperation to get gas. Attorney general, Josh Stein said it's against the law for businesses to take advantage of a state of emergency to exploit their customers. I'll do everything in my power to hold price gougers accountable. And some good news with that. Uh, Attorney General Josh Stein won, and they reached a settlement with the Queen's market of $20,000. So consumers who believe they were excessively charged when they bought gas from Queen's market between May 11th and May 14th of 2021 may request a claim, and then it's just all that money. But in addition to the payments, and this is what I really like, obviously the people getting their money back that got screwed over by just pure greed, but also in addition to the payments, the settlement also requires Queens Market to permanently install software that will record the prices at which it sells gas, as well as the number of gallons sold at each price. And I do really like that because if you are going to try to screw people over, they should add something that you have to do to your daily life at work that you wouldn't normally have to. You know what I mean? Like adding things to people's lives is super annoying. So good. They can go eat a And... And uh, as jets are flying over, no matter what time I try to record, jets fly over, which is fine. Like I loaded bombs in the Air Force for 20 years, you know? But I did think when I retired, I would no longer have to stop talking while a jet flies over. But alas, here we are. The last major component that affects gas prices is taxes. All of our favorite things taxes. So state taxes and federal tax we will discuss. So this brings us to ITEP. ITEP is the Institution of Taxation and Economic Policy. 
ITEP is a nonprofit, nonpartisan tax policy organization. We conduct rigorous analysis of tax and economic proposals and provide data-driven recommendations on how to shape equitable and sustainable tax systems. ITEP's expertise in data uniquely enhance federal, state, and local policy debates by revealing how taxes affect both public revenues and people of various levels of income and wealth. Uh, link also provided if you want to learn more about ITEP. But that's what they do. So here's just uh, some, uh, some statistics for taxes and all of that. State tax. So there are 14 states and the District of Columbia. So 14 states and D.C. have waited a decade or more since last increasing their gas tax rates. 10 states have gone two decades or more without a gas tax increase. And five states have waited more than 30 years since last raising their gas tax rates. Alaska last boosted its gas tax in 1970, followed by Mississippi in 89, Louisiana and Arizona in 90, and Colorado in 1991. <clears throat> uh, so gas taxes cannot adequately... So, so here's the issue. Okay. So that sounds good from a consumer perspective, uh, at least in, like for me. Cool, you're not raising the, the taxes on stuff. That's fine. That's good, right? Uh, the issue that comes with that is gas taxes cannot adequately fund infrastructure projects unless they are adjusted to prevent revenue erosion in the face of rising construction costs and improvements in vehicle fuel efficiency. State gas tax rates that have not been updated in many years or even decades have seen significant declines in their purchasing power. Those declines are negatively affecting funding of economically vital infrastructure <clears throat> infrastructure projects. Some words. Some words I just have issues with. Infrastructure. It's the fra. It's probably the fra. The first one. The first. The only fra. Fortunately, many states recently have made significant progress in updating their gas tax rates. 36 states have raised their gas taxes since 2010, either through legislative action or automatic formulas that regularly adjust the gas tax rate. These group. This group includes states that had allowed their gas taxes to stagnate for decades, such as Alabama, Illinois, Iowa, Maryland, Massachusetts, Montana, New Hampshire, New Jersey, Oklahoma, South Carolina, Tennessee. Cool. Federal taxes. Federal taxes. I did find this interesting. So a couple of years ago, when prices really started uh, just kind of move, or was it last year? I don't know. However long ago, prices started going up. And people, like, I discussed on social media, you know, and I did have a couple of people like, oh, well, what about the federal tax? Like, federal tax and da da Interesting little facts. Uh, federal tax has not raised or lowered since October 1st, 1997. That is for both gas and diesel. I just haven't touched it. Federal tax haven't been touched since 97. Uh, a little, another little thing that I just thought was kind of interesting, lubricating oil. So oil for your car used to be taxed six cents per gallon, but was repealed January 7th, 1979. So thanks, y'all, for not six cents a gallon. Dog is growling. Uh, I did give her a treat before I started, so hopefully she would shut up the whole time. But here we are. Uh, yeah, so I mean, six cents a gallon for oil doesn't seem like a whole lot, but it was still an extra little tax that we had. So one last thing I was curious about was why diesel was so much higher than gasoline. 
Because in my head, I don't like I didn't remember it always being like that. But I also don't really remember as a kid seeing like diesel pumps or prices. So I don't even know that was a th- like how I, I don't know. I don't know how they used to do things. I don't remember a lot from back in the day. But so on highway, diesel fuel prices have been higher than regular grade gasoline prices on a dollar per gallon basis almost continuously since September 2004. This trend is a break from the previous historical pattern of diesel fuel prices usually being lower than gasoline prices, except in cold winters when demand for heating oil pushed diesel fuel prices even higher. There are three main reasons why diesel fuel prices have been higher than regular gasoline prices in recent years. Uh, Demand for diesel fuel and other distillate fuel oils has been relatively high, especially in Europe, China, India, and the United States. Uh, The transition to less polluting, lower sulfur diesel fuels in the United States affected diesel fuel production and distribution costs. The federal excise tax for on-highway diesel fuel of 24.3 cents per gallon is 6 cents per gallon higher than the federal tax excise on gasoline. So that is uh, federal gas for uh, the federal tax is 18.4 cents per gallon. And diesel's 24.4 or three. I got three on one and four on the other. So roughly 24.3 cents per gallon. That seems like a lot of tax, right? It's taxed 18.4 cents per gallon for gas and diesel's 24.4 cents. Average state for gas is, uh, so this is just average state. Everybody's, you know, it's the average. Just look up your state. It's fine. It's easy. You can probably actually do it on the link that is provided on the Instagram. Either way, let's go. Average state gas is 31.02 cents. 31.02 cents. And diesel is 32.66 cents per gallon. That feels like a whole lot of tax. Even though it has not been touched in that long. However, states are realizing their mistakes and they are correcting them, which is good. I've looked at the site. Yeah. So 24.4 for the diesel and 31.02 for the state. I just want to make sure those numbers are right. Cool. So that's it. That's the four. That is the four main factors. Uh, Cost of crude oil, refining, costs and profits, distribution and marketing costs and profits and taxes. So that's the four things. And feel free, again, I know I've said it a lot, uh, follow the Instagram, www.itbpodcast. It's on IG. I keep always, because it does, (laughs) it's obviously just the letters of the name, but saying www out loud without ending with like a dot, whatever, is very, very difficult to say. But that is it. Thank you for joining the first or joining and listening to the first episode of whatever we want it to be podcast. Now that you have listened, it is officially we, whatever we want it to be and not whatever I want it to be, which is what these first three episodes, our next episode, which I am in the past. So unless things have changed drastically in the, in the next week or so, all three of the first episodes are out. The second episode, We are discussing sleep demons. If you've ever experienced sleep paralysis or have seen a sleep demon, or if you've never heard of a sleep demon and you're like, what are you like? What the hell is that? We're going to discuss on the next episode. 
So listen, follow, share with your friends, and by all means, hit me up. Let me know what you want me to research for you, even if it's something quick. It could be something that we, we, we won't even do an episode about, but I'll throw it in on an episode, and I'll give you a shout-out in the episode for having the idea, you know? And uh, yeah, so that's what we're going to do. Cool. We're going to grow together. We're going to grow the show together and we are going to learn interesting, but mostly pointless things on the Whatever We Want It To Be podcast. Thank you and have a wonderful day, you wonderful and amazing person. Okay, bye.